0: You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast. You guys, I'm so excited for today. We're doing a guest interview. With someone I've admired for years, and I just can't wait to for for me to get to know her better and for you guys to get to know her better. You are going to meet Miranda Alcaraz today, who some of you may know the name right off the top of your head, and for others of you, you'll be introduced to her for the first time. But when I first started the podcast, one of the things that was kind of recommended was to make like this wish list of guests that you would love to have on. And mine was pretty short. There are not a ton of people, especially in this industry, that I really look up to or would consider, I don't know, who, who I want to introduce to my audience. I'm very protective of you guys. And um, it's just very surreal to have one of those like wish list guests here. So thank you so much for that. Wow. And um, I will try not to <laughs> not to do all the talking. So let me introduce you guys to Miranda. She is a mom of three young boys. She's a wife. She is the owner of a very successful fitness business. And it probably feels like in a previous life she was a CrossFit Games athlete and worked for CrossFit HQ on the training staff. And we're going to talk about all kind of all, all the things, the life things, transitioning from being a competitive athlete to a business owner and a mom and shifting priorities, making yourself a priority and maintaining consistency throughout all those life changes, all that great stuff. So Miranda, thank you again for being here. Is there anything else? I know that's a very abbreviated version of of who you are, but is there anything you want to add and kind of fill in any gaps for us?
1: No, I think that was a good... That's usually the description that I give, unless I'm giving a really long one. So that, that was perfect.
0: All right. Excellent. So if you guys aren't familiar, Miranda is the creator of Street Parking, which is a no-nonsense, authentic community that's committed to providing real people with the tools they need to take control of their fitness. I've personally been a member since Mattis was three months old. So we just had my four, four-year anniversary, I think it was in January. And I think as we get to talking, you'll see how aligned our vision is and our philosophy. I really love the focus on real people and mm-hmm. tools to help people take that control. It's so prevalent to be focused on like, just tell me what to do, just give me the answers, do it for me. And the fact that you sort of put the power back in the hands of the people and say, these are skills that you need to develop yourself to be successful. These are, we're going to give you the tools and help you develop them, but it's on you to do the work. So I would love to hear sort of the the origin story of street parking and how you sort of made the transition from competitive athlete, basically eating, sleeping, breathing CrossFit to becoming a wife and a mom and a business owner and shifting the emphasis from training to compete and to win to just training for life and health and happiness.
1: Yeah. Um, I won't go to, I mean, I won't go back too far, but it all does kind of tie together. So Um, I would say the very first thing that it's helpful for people to understand is when I started CrossFit, um, there weren't CrossFit athletes. Like um, I started CrossFit in 2007 and they had had the games one time and it was like a barbecue where you just kind of showed up and everybody did the workouts. And so it wasn't at all what people associate with the CrossFit Games today. The first time I competed in the CrossFit Games was that following year. And it was the same thing. Like you showed up, they asked you if you wanted to do scaled or RX And then they gave you a heat time like it was. So my love and my passion for CrossFit came from being a coach. Um, And so I owned an affiliate actually in Salt Lake City, Utah for three years. I opened it was the first affiliate in in Salt Lake City and got on the seminar staff all before the CrossFit Games became like a big thing. So I've always actually did a post about this recently. Um, I I identify more as a coach than I ever did as an athlete. The athlete thing came um, more so because I, uh, well, at first I had just been doing CrossFit longer than most people. Um, (laughs) And so I was good at things that they weren't yet good at. Um, And so I got away with that for a really long time. And then I had to really um, focus my training more as the sport grew, if I wanted to continue to be able to participate at a high level. but. I traveled a lot for the seminar staff. So you mentioned that I was on the seminar staff. So my job was to go to these weekend seminars and teach people who wanted to be CrossFit coaches how to do that and and all of that. And I traveled the world doing that. Um, I worked over 300 seminars in six years. And I know like one year I worked 47 seminars, which is like 47 out of 52 weekends, I was somewhere else. And so... How that ties into the origin story of street parking is I was actively training to compete while I was on such a hectic travel schedule and learned the um, reality that you can do a lot with a pair of dumbbells in a hotel gym, you can do a lot if you can find a set of stairs in the hotel's stairwell. Um, and, or even just in your hotel room with nothing. So I learned that because I needed, I had to train that way sometimes because I was traveling so much, uh, competed. I ended up, so I ended up, um, not competing anymore. I tore my ACL during the 2015 games. And I think I was 32 at the time. And it was just kind of like, what am I, what's next? Like, am I going to try to rehab this and come back again? Or is there more for me that I should be doing? I had the feeling when I became almost more well-known as an athlete than a coach that, um, it was great. And I had a big following and everything, but what I was doing, I didn't feel that I was helping people like videos of me snatching super heavy or doing slow motion muscle-ups and looking super jacked. Like that's all cool, but it's not really helping anyone. It's more you have more fans at that point than people um who you're impacting. And so I felt like I could make an impact. I'm I'm a coach. This isn't my passion necessarily to to just be on the podium or something like that. So I decided I was I was going to stop competing. Like this was like an omen from whatever whoever you receive your omens from listeners, I guess. (laughs) And it was like I need to see move on to what's next. And so I ended up, um, moving to Southern California and taking a job working with, um, a supplement company. And I met my husband who was also a games athlete had just competed that same year. Um, and all of a sudden we fell in love and I didn't want to travel so much anymore because I know how hard that it can be on relationships. And so, um, decided to stop working for the seminar team And within like a month, I just had all this free time in my brain. And I was like, you know, we should create an Instagram account for like people who, because at that time he worked out a lot in his garage and I was traveling sometimes now with the supplement company. I was like, we should create an Instagram account for like people who maybe like to work out at home. Or I had an apartment gym where I lived that I would go to sometimes and, and share those types of workouts. And that was like, as far out as we thought when we, <laughs> when we started it. And, um, the funny thing that I really love to share is that our community now, you know, this is very heavy. Like it's a large portion of our membership at street parking, our parents, especially parents of young kids, because that's, it just makes sense. Like the schedule and everything's crazy. Um, when we created street Parking. I didn't even think about parents. Like there was not even like, a oh, this would be great for young moms because I wasn't a mom yet. And so um, until you've been in that situation, I don't even think it registers to you how hectic it can be. Um, But like a week after we started that Instagram page, I found out I was pregnant and it was not a planned pregnancy. And so everything just kind of, you know, again, happened for a reason. And Street parking would not be what it is today if that hadn't have happened, uh, because it really shifted the people who joined in the first place. And then those people brought their people with them and it's continued to grow very organically that way. Um, So we're actually very, I mean, the timing of all of it was very serendipitous and we're very lucky. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the origin story of how we got to where, and then it just grew it from the moment we opened up where people could actually pay and, and receive daily programming. It was more than just Instagram. Um, I think we had like 700 people join in the first month wow. and we were like, what? And now it was like, Oh, we have to take this seriously. Like this is more than just like a, a side hobby. And ever since then, to this day, it's been like a runaway train that we're chasing after on the tracks and trying to keep up. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So your transition from being a competitive athlete to then being a business owner and then a mom was pretty rapid.
1: Yes. Um, 2015, um, August 2015 is when I tore my ACL. And then we started street street parking the Instagram account in November, October of 2016. So like a year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that we actually have an episode, episode 100. um, If you guys uh, haven't listened to that one, it's about getting out of the habit of overexercising. Obviously being a competitive athlete, it's not necessarily overexercising, but the kind of mindset behind the shift is similar in that you go from having this, I need to be focused and training basically all the time. I'm very goals oriented to then scaling way back. A lot of the women that we work with who Are potentially overexercising from what they're able to recover from, really struggle with the mental piece of, you know, if I do less, am I going to gain weight? Am I going to lose my fitness? Especially if they feel like I'm not making progress with the level that I'm doing now. It seems it's so counterintuitive that doing less could then result in better results. Can you tell us what your sort of mental transition was like to go from spending hours training really hard to then? you know, not really having the time or the desire and then being pregnant and transitioning into, I know, you know, one of the things you talk about is that you just do the, you know, quote, unquote, Mm -hmm. just do the street parking daily workout. So the volume is way less. Was that hard for you mentally to get to that place where that felt like enough?
1: I think it wasn't as hard for me mentally as it is for a lot of athletes who just retire. Um two things that I had going for me was one when I going back to again when I started this t- type of training in 2007 nobody did more than one workout in a day like everybody just followed crossfit.com and so my base level of fitness I didn't start doing like double days or sessions that were longer than just like a regular class or anything like that um until I was almost three years in, or maybe three years into training CrossFit. So I had already, I already had a belief that you didn't need to do more than that to, you know, be generally fit. And so I'm lucky that I had that. And then I think the injury also, and it wasn't like I just decided to retire and it's like, okay, now what do I do? I was injured. So I had to back off anyway. Um, so those two things combined, I think made it a little bit easier for me, but once the injury was healed and before I was pregnant, there was definitely a a period of time where I was training more, but it was more for me personally, because I know what type of person you're talking about. We have a ton of them in our community as well. Um, For me, it's just because I enjoy it so much. And I know that there's a lot of people that that is the case. Like when we talk about it with our members, they'll say, well, I just like doing the daily workout. And then, you know, three of the extra programs, like I just enjoy it. And I don't honestly think there's anything wrong with that as long as the rest of your life is also in a place that you enjoy. Like if your health is where you are happy and you're getting the results that you want and your sleep is good and you have enough time with your kids and like if all of that's great and you just want to work out more, I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, The belief that you're talking about where it's like more is better, more is better. And the interesting thing to me, and I don't know if you've ever read any of our blogs or listened to our podcast where we talk about this, Um, For some reason, when it comes to exercise, more always equals time instead of effort. And so one of the things that we talk about in street parking, it's like, okay, do one workout, but put everything you've got into it. And, um, you know, I'll say to our members, like, wait, you did how many workouts? Because I finished today's workout and there's no way you could have talked me into doing something else. Like I was destroyed. Um, so people think that it's, um, they mistake duration for effort. And what we encourage people to do is just really put everything you've got into the one thing. Um, and that is enough. And it's actually probably going to yield better results than you just kind of, I always call it jogging. Like if you jog through the workouts, as opposed to sprint through one, you know, race, um, there's more to be gained through the sprint than there is through a long jog, um, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, and
1: yeah. And, and, I'm lucky again that I, that I already had that belief. Um, but I, th- I mean that, that I would be lying if I, like we just did the CrossFit open, right. And, um, one of the workouts was a repeat and I did, I didn't do as well as I did seven years ago when I was actively competing. And while my brain can process that, of course you did not Like you've had three kids, you're 40 years old and you don't train the way that you used to. There are, there's that little, like, Oh, like I need to go practice that stuff more or if I want to do better. But then I think one of the things we also encourage people is why, why do you want to do more? And if, again, the answer is like, I just really love it or it's a challenge and it helps me, it's my form of meditation or it's how I get my like stress out and all of that stuff. I think it can be great. Um, but if you're, if it's a fear, like you're saying, like a fear of gaining weight or a fear of, um, not being enough, then I think the only way to, change that belief is by kind of forcing yourself to not do it for a little bit, because we've talked about all the time. There's a video of me at a meetup a few years ago where I said, if you would have asked me when we started street parking, that I could maintain the level of fitness that I have now just doing the street parking workouts, I wouldn't have believed that I could be this fit this many years later, this many kids later. Um, because the kids thing was new to me too, obviously. So Um, I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, at a certain point, the options are you keep doing what you've been doing and you likely continue to get the same thing or you decide, well, something has to change. What do I have to lose by you know, doing something differently? And I think the mentality of just kind of checking the boxes and looking like you're doing the things on paper, but not actually putting that effort and that intensity behind them is so prevalent. And then we do have the mentality of, Oh, well, if I'm doing this much and not seeing the result that I want, then I do need to do more instead of how well am I doing the things I'm already doing? And where is there the opportunity to improve just those things?
1: Yeah. I think there's two, I think there's two more things that you can add to that too, is it's like, okay. um, Well, what I was going to say at first was, I think what I've seen a lot and this is not just in street parking, but even before that, a lot of times people will choose to do more like again, like longer duration to avoid discomfort. Like it's like I'd rather. And I mean, think about it. Like, would you rather run an all out mile, like literally everything you have or would you rather like go for a 5K jog walk? What's going to, what's going to be more uncomfortable. What's going to hurt more. And most people, if they've experienced both of those things, would be like, no way. Like, I'd rather go for a nice, like casual 5k jog with my headphones and like, you know, doing the thing. And, you know, two people will look at that and they'll be like, well, the mile was seven minutes and the 5k was 30 minutes. Like, of course the 30 minutes has to be better. And using this example, I'm fully aware that there are benefits to both of those types of training. I'm just using the discomfort example. I think sometimes people use the, well, I did this, 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 and this to avoid having to just be really uncomfortable for a short period of time, um, which I already mentioned. Uh, But then the other thing too, is it's like, we'll see a lot of times members will say like, I'm doing this and this and this and this. It's like, how long have you been doing that consistently? because one of the things we have members come in all the time and we actually joke about it quite a lot or members will be like, well, what workouts is Miranda doing? Like I want to do what she's doing. What, what nutrition is Miranda doing? And it's like, we can tell you, which is the whole program is what I'm doing. Like, you know, that was the whole premise of putting it together, but it's not just what I'm doing. It's how long I've been doing it and how consistently, and I think people just, they lack the patience um, a lot of times. And so instead of being patient with the simple, they keep adding and adding and adding and, um, don't realize that the people that they're emu- wanting to emulate or the people that are their role models have been doing it very consistently for a very long time. Um, and you just have to be, pa- you just have to keep your head down and put one foot in front of the other.
0: Yeah. For much longer than, than you think, <laughs> or you would like, I, I feel the same way. I found the gym when I was a junior in high school. and I've been consistently exercising ever since. So basically 20 years. that's yep. that's my superpower. That's what I have going for me is that I've been consistent for two decades. and right. the progress that I've seen has been so gradual and incremental that from you know, certainly from one week to the next, but even one one month, even one year to the next isn't mm-hmm. significant. But if you compare, I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in, as now a mom and almost 37. And I think we talk all the time about consistency in our community as well. It's one of our three C's of success with commitment and confidence. And that's, that's really the thing is it's so common to want these very instant results and social media kind of feeds into that where you know this program promises these results and you just kind of anchor your expectations to well it shouldn't take long it shouldn't be hard and when it is when you're not seeing those totally unrealistic results in the first place then you throw in the towel yeah. and just kind of rinse and repeat there's no momentum there's no consistency and i think kind of wrapping your head around i need to be in this for the long haul this isn't a Sprint to a certain weight or a certain date, but this is a commitment to my health as a priority in my life. Period, and that's going to look different at different stages of my life. Right,
1: and uh, you know that's why in our community, because again, coming from CrossFit, if if your listeners know that culture, that culture can oftentimes be be very much around scores, which is is great in a way because it does push that intensity, Um, but we we wanted to create our own set of values. And for us, what we reward, what we highlight, what we value and what we encourage people to chase is that consistency. Right. So instead of, oh, this person won this workout and had the fastest time, it's like, look, this person just hit a thousand workouts today. Or um, and I was actually talking to my hairdresser yesterday and she was talking to me um, about how she just joined a gym and she just needs to develop consistency in going there. She hasn't been a member, not just like a normal, I think it's like a LA fitness or something that she joined and she wants to be consistent going there. And I said, you know, go to the gym. The commitment should just be to go. The commitment shouldn't be to be there for a certain amount of time or to accomplish certain, like, even if you just go in and you sit there for five minutes and then you're like, Nope, still don't want to be here. And you leave. Um, that should be your measure of success for the next three months or something like that is just if you walked in the doors and that can be applied to literally anything in your life. It can be like, I want to read to my child every single day. And it's like, okay, don't commit to this three books a night situation. Like even if it's two pages, like that's your measure of success is if you're just still doing it because the first and most important thing to develop is just the habit of whatever it is that you're trying to do um because even if you let's say you follow a 12 week program and you see some good results but it's a struggle the whole time and the habit's never really established um when it's over anything that you gain from it is just going to go away and so it just needs to become a part of your routine to you know in in what we're talking about just exercise like people always ask me how do you stay motivated especially when i was like pregnant and stuff like that and it's like I don't want to work out 70% of the time. (laughs) Like, I don't feel like doing it when I'm like putting my clothes on or going out in the garage and we work out in the evening and it would be so much easier to just like chill with chill on the couch or take a nap or something. It's like, yeah, um, especially when I was pregnant, I didn't feel like doing it a lot of the times. I always felt better afterwards. And I've told so many pregnant moms, like, I know you don't have the energy to work out. I promise it. I know it doesn't make sense, but you will have more energy if you just do it. Um, But it's just part of what who I am. And the example that we give a lot of times is I also don't feel like brushing my teeth 99% of the time. I just want to go lay down. I don't want to wash my mascara off. I just want to go to sleep. Um, but these are just things that we do because they're good for our health. And we know that in the long run, it's what's needed to have the life and and everything that we want. So there are many, many things that all of us do every day that we don't feel like doing. Uh, and this and i'm not saying that fitness can't be fun or shouldn't be fun cuz usually when you get started or afterwards you always feel so great but there is a hurdle for even the most seemingly motivated people a lot of the times
0: that's something that i really try to be transparent about because i think there is just kind of this misconception that people see you know the the fit people and think well they just love to exercise and they like to eat healthy and it's easy for them and it's just not like like you i i don't even I don't think about it. I don't have, I'm like pretty neutral towards it. I just do it because it's what I do. And I always feel good afterwards. And even when I first started working out, I had to drive about 30 minutes to the YMCA after school. And I grew up in Maine. So the winters were very cold and yeah. I'd be driving there as it's getting dark. There were many days where I would take a nap in the car when I got there. <laughs> And then I would play all of the games with myself of you don't need to work out, but you do need to walk through the doors. You don't need to do anything, but you do need to get dressed like every single step. And I would heat my clothes up with the hair hairdryer because they were so oh cold before I put them on. And <laughs> this you know, is like really know. hardcore story right now. At 17 years old, you were doing this? And that's what I was just gonna say. It's like at the time, I was, like I didn't know what I was doing. I just felt like, well, I went through the effort of driving here. I need to do something.
1: That's the thing.
0: Right. But now I think about how disciplined that's made me and how much I was just kind of doing intuitively of like, okay, well, if you can't wrap your head around the whole thing, just do a baby step and, you know, get on the elliptical for five minutes. And that I think a lot of adults, especially busy moms, have just gotten out of the habit of showing up for themselves because it's it's much easier not to. It's all, you know, the couch is, is always calling or you know hitting snooze is always calling. And it's tough to pull yourself out of that habit. And that's where taking those you know, really small steps comes in of if you wanna start becoming a morning person, start with five minutes early. You're not gonna get a workout in, but you're just getting yourself into the habit of the alarm goes off and I get up and you push it back a few minutes at a time and next thing you know, you're doing it and you may never enjoy it. That's it. I had to, for a while, I worked two jobs and had to work out early morning
1: and mm-hmm. dreaded
0: when the alarm would go off. But I reminded myself, like, you're going to want to do it even less later. And right. it's going to feel good. Kind of all of those thoughts going through your head. It takes a lot of self-talk to get yourself in the habit. And that's why it's so important to start small and recognize that the goal is not for me to be doing five or seven or whatever days a week next month, it's for me to be showing up in 10 years and me to be doing this when I'm 70 and Mm. setting the stage for the long-term, not this, you know, kind of aesthetic sprint. Right. So I know now you have three young kids and you post on your social media, working out in the garage with them. And this is something, you know, that's when I joined street parking, it was like you before I had a kid and I was like, why would I want to work out at home? (laughs) i I like going to the gym. I like seeing people. And then as soon as I had him, we were living in Hawaii. And I was like, I am not braving this traffic to try to go to a (laughs) one-hour class where this this baby may potentially cry the entire time. And then I go home without working out. And I've spent half the day and gotten nothing done. Uh, And suddenly working out at home made so much more sense. But that's not without its own challenges. So how have you created your life such that you can get in... Intense workouts with little kids all over the place.
1: Yeah. And uh full full transparency for me too. They're um they're not with me every time that I work out. Usually actually it's funny, we work out usually starting around like four, four thirty. And they usually come home like as we're working out. Um now, especially the older two, the older, the oldest one for sure, because he's five and a half, he just knows. I mean The other day he was trying to talk to me while I was doing rowing intervals, like full out sprints on the rower. And I literally probably sounded like a crazy person. I was like, I cannot talk to you right now because I was dying. Um, But he doesn't get like scared or offended by that or anything like he knows. Um, It's hard. That's another one of those things where I know moms will try it. And at first it's very difficult because uh, they won't let you work out. They're trying to talk to you the whole time. They're trying to bring you their toy to fix or, or whatever. And what I would encourage people in that situation, if you do have to work out around your kids all the time is go into it, knowing that there might be a two week or month long period of them getting used to what it is you're doing as well. And just know that your workouts are going to be impacted pretty heavily at first Um, until they are like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. And this is what I do when she's doing that. Um, but there is like a learning curve for them as well. And I think moms give up too early and, or parents in general, because I know a lot of dads do it too. Um, they just give up too early. It's too, it's too frustrating in the first three or four sessions. And so, um, but your kids will get used to it. They will build a routine around it and start to understand if you can just be patient with them, um, at first.
0: If you're enjoying this episode, I wanna invite you to join us in our coaching program, Gone For Good. Gone For Good is our signature 12-week coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your weight loss and health goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise and nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after. Whether you want to lose 5 pounds, 50 pounds, or 150 pounds, we can help you in Gone for Good. For all the info and to join, go to estherabant.com slash coaching. Yeah, that's great advice. And it's, (laughs) I think... I'm recalling my early workouts with, you know, this baby in the garage and how frustrating it it was legitimately to feel like I would just get started and he would need to be picked up and but if you think about it what's the alternative? Right. These these kids are going to be a fixture in your life for a good while. So yeah. you can't just say I can't I have kids. You need to figure out how to make it work and if that means you get interrupted or it takes longer, well, so be it. It's still better than not doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I've had to like check myself of like, why are you working out? What's the purpose? Well, the purpose of working out is to be, you know, one of the main purposes is to be healthy and to be a better mom to my kids. And it's like, do I really, does it, is it really going to impact that result? If I take a 30 second break really quick to help him retie his shoe or something like that, is it really going to like make the whole entire workout ineffective because I did that? And, um, it that's one of the transitions that was hard because the way that I used to train before it it was, um, you, you put 100%, like I was saying before effort into everything. Well, sometimes when the kids are around you do get, even though they're, they do better now you do get interrupted or you have to be more careful, um, with where you are swinging your kettlebell or like, you know, one of them takes off into the street and you got to stop what you're doing and, and chase them. um, But at the end of the day, I'm not training to compete and this, it was still a great workout. And if anything, it trains your brain more because you can't just zone out. (laughs) You have to like have situational awareness the entire time while you're under um, physical stress. So maybe it actually makes you a stronger mom because that might apply to real life better anyways.
0: That's such a good reframe. There are always different ways to look at it. I love the question of why am I working out? And we talk a lot about how being committed and knowing, you know, your your why is so important. And I know for me, in the last couple of years, that's sort of shifted from, you know, being a teenager or 20-something and just wanting to look good. And right. now to be more focused on the example that I'm setting, being healthy long term, training for longevity and that shift in. In my why has helped a ton in navigating injuries and you know, taking a step back when I need to instead of being more ego-driven like you. I kind of stop and like, okay, why am I actually doing this? And what makes more sense here to push through going too heavy and exacerbating this injury just to say that I did it, or to give myself the rest or the rehab that I need so that I can do this workout in five years. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay, so. One of the main focuses of street parking is, like I mentioned in the beginning, helping real people develop the tools they need to be successful long term. What are some of the most important skills and tools you think people need to develop in order to take control of their health and sort of maintain that control long term?
1: Yeah, so we have two um, like foundational, actually three foundational things that we talk about and we always come back to in like our team meetings when we're deciding like what we're going to do as far as programming or uh, challenges and things like that. And those three things are um, accountability, consistency, and freedom. And so what we mean by that is it's like accountability is the ultimate you need to look at what you can control and what you can't. So before you can take control, you have to say, you have to figure out what is actually in your control and what's not. That's really hard for some people um, because a lot of people, they don't want to admit that more is in control than maybe they would like to, you know, it's easier to say, oh, well, I live too far away from the gym in Maine. So in the winter I can't go than it is to say, well, I could just buy some dumbbells and have them at my house. Um, it's easier to say um, I don't have time to cook than to figure out a, a window to cook or to figure out, OK, well, what can I buy that's already made that's better than what I'm doing now? Um, so taking accountability for what you actually can do and then letting go of the things that you can't. Like my kids are five, three and one. I can't change that. I'm not planning on you know giving them up for adoption anytime soon or anything like that. So I can't control the life stage that I'm in. Um, so now let's look at what I can. So accountability is a huge one for us. And we always encourage members, um, at the beginning of challenges, like instead of writing down your goals, write down all the reasons right now, why you haven't already achieved it, and then figure out which, what you're going to do about that. So instead of I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to do the 52 week endurance program. And I'm, why haven't you already done it? And you'll have your list of reasons. Okay. Like, so now that you have that, what are you going to do about that? Cause some of those things you'll be able to change. And some of those things are not going to change. So how are you going to work around it? Or do you need to change your goals for this period of time in your life? Um, so accountability is huge. And then consistency, we've already talked about a lot where, uh, just showing up is the, is really important. And I've seen some, some stuff lately. I think I saw a post the other day where it's like, just showing up isn't enough. And it's like, well, it's not for always the goal, but it's, if you don't show up, you can't do anything else. And so it's the, it's the foundation for sure. Um, and so what we talked about before, and then freedom, um, what we mean by that, because there's like a tagline that we use all the time, which is fitness freedom. And it's, um, I I mean, I think it's the the live diet free podcast. I'm sure it's like something that you talk about all the time, right? Where, uh, we want to change your belief system about what is what you necessary and what um, you have to do, and and be like, hey, you can you can do this with just a pair of dumbbells at your house, or if you love Zumba, go do that, or if you love Peloton, that's fine. If you uh, do a little bit of CrossFit, a little bit of Peloton, a little bit of street parking at home, like we encourage that um, sense of find what you will be consistent in. Um, are there ways to optimize? And it's like, well, is Uh, CrossFit or street parking better than Zumba, it's like, well, depends, like, which one are you, which one's helping you reach your goals. And I don't just mean aesthetic goals, but like your life goals of like, which maybe this one brings you more joy. Maybe you'd be more jacked if you used weight more often, but this one makes you happier. You know what I mean? So there's a freedom around that. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is, um, it looks different in different stages and you shouldn't expect your whole life to of uh, fitness to look the same where you have to be like, okay, well now I'm pregnant. So it looks like this. And now I'm postpartum and it looks like this. Five years ago, I was competing. So it looked like that. Um, 20 years from now, I'm going to be 60 years old. So it's going to look like that and allow it to have ebbs and flows. Um, right now I feel like doing a bunch of extra lifting next year at this time, I might feel like doing a bunch of sandbag programming and not feeling so tied to one idea of what fitness needs to look like.
0: I think it's really important. I love that. We talk a lot about, we call them the big rocks, the exercise, nutrition, big rocks that just overall, if the general population did more of those things, walking, strength training, recovering, um, protein fiber, that sort of thing, it would benefit the majority of people. That said, how you apply them to your life is going to look different. And it's going to look different at different stages. And I think that's, you know, that's really the the philosophy behind Fitness Freedom is yeah, there are like you said there are certain things that are going to optimize your results or give you more bang for your buck, but at the end of the day where I was just talking to my husband about this exact phrase. I can't remember why, but um optimal needs to meet practical somewhere. So, yes. we're not robots in a lab who just follow yes. this ideal program. We have to recognize the intersect of sure. That would be great under ideal circumstances, but that's not my life. So what are the other options? Because it doesn't need to be that or why bother? And there are so many sort of shades of gray in between. You talked about something else that I think is so important for for a mindset shift in taking personal accountability, having that internal locus of control where you actually realize I have control over more than I may have wanted to admit before. And to start thinking in terms of what are the solutions to these obstacles I'm facing rather than the excuses, because you'll find whichever you're looking for. And if you start training yourself for, we have an exercise we do uh, every month, we have a monthly reflection goal setting call. And one of the questions that we ask is, what are all the potential things that could stand in the way of your goals this month? and Let's brainstorm solutions for them. Because if you think about them in advance, you're a lot less likely to actually get tripped up by them. And that's you know, very similar to what you're asking people when you know when they're, they're goal setting and recognizing does the goal need to change because there are so many insurmountable obstacles? Does the level of effort that I make need to change and I just need to stop focusing on the excuses and figure out how to make it work? or do I need to adjust the timeline and say this isn't feasible for you know for whatever length of time I was giving it but it is possible if I give myself a longer um a longer uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for i don't know but you guys, you guys know what i mean yeah. um, okay so something that i think is is really hard for people is this idea of taking accountability when we talk about compassionate ownership where you're recognizing that you're human and you're imperfect and you're going to stumble and just kind of you're just doing the best you can and also that you have a lot a lot more control over the things than you think for someone who that is just kind of a foreign concept and is more apt to fall into either like the victim mentality of kind of that route or like the entitlement of like I shouldn't have to what are some things you think people can do to actually practically develop that accountability or that ownership of their lives?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times and I think social media is really bad at this on both angles. I think we see a lot of social media messages that sound like, stop making excuses, like you're weak or whatever, and that's not helpful. Um, and then you see on the other side, which has become more and more popular of like, Hey, like, it's not your fault. Like you're perfect how you are. You shouldn't be trying to change anything. There's no reason to try to improve. Like it's gone so far as I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff where it's like, if you exercise or, um, eat healthy, it's because you hate yourself. Like it's so there's like both sides, I feel like are very loud. Um, where I think, you know, if, if you're, if you struggle with that, one of the things that you can work on is, first of all, your excuses, and I don't even like that word, but your reasons why you're, you haven't reached your goals are valid. They are real. And I think it's okay for you to say them out loud or write them and accept like, Hey, these are real struggles. These are real and, and not allow anybody to feel like to make you feel like they're not real or that they're not, um, really hard. Uh, but again, like what, so what, what do you, what is the option? Are you, because are you just going to accept that or are you going to not accept it and then that comes down to you and um we're all you know we talk about all the time like hey you can be uncomfortable because you're sore or you can be uncomfortable because your body is unhealthy and you you get to choose your discomfort like there's no avoiding discomfort in this in this life um you can choose to avoid eating healthy because it's easier or because you enjoy it more or whatever, but eventually there is going to be, you know, there's always pros and cons to everything. And so you just have to realize that your reasons are valid. Again, like choose the ones that you feel like you have control over. And to be honest, I feel like when people start this exercise, they might be able to be like, I don't have control over any of this and circle maybe one thing. And then as they realize, oh, well, shoot, that actually did make a big difference. Maybe it could control some of this other stuff. Um, it takes, like you're saying, like confidence and like, oh, I can control. Well, I could probably control this more than I thought as well. Or, or now, yeah, you know what? I could do something about this. But even if you just choose one thing on that list and and start there and start small, I think that could be really helpful to help you build that confidence that you, will, that you do have control over a lot more than you think that you do. And it's just up to you if you want to if you want to use it or not.
0: Yeah, I love the approach of like going after your low-hanging fruit first of, okay, I'm not even going to question some of these things are out of my control, whether or not they actually are, but this is the thing I feel like I can do something about. Just start there. It's going to feel good to get that win under your belt, to to realize that you do have that control. And then like you said, it kind of opens the door open a little bit to be like, well, I think maybe I was a little dismissive before I probably could do something about this. Right. I actually did a
1: post um, like last week where I, I said in the caption, I said that um, you need to hold yourself to a high standard, uh, but also stay rooted in reality or something like that. And one of the things that I've been, um, that is, a it's, it's real. Like it's not an excuse or whatever, but a reason why <clears throat> My fitness is different today than it was 10 years ago is like I am getting older. And I think so many of us, we want to pretend like that's not going to be a problem, like it's just going to be fine. And to me, it's like, okay, I need to face that reality, but not fall victim to it. And it's like, yes, I am getting older. That's going to keep happening. (laughs) Um, I can either be like, well, forget it. Like I'm just getting older now everything, everything takes me longer to warm up or the weight feels heavier than it used to. So I don't even want to do this anymore. Like I'm over it. Um, versus like, okay, how can I be smarter about this? How can I change things a little bit? How can I like um, embrace this new chapter and season and still be reaching for goals? Like maybe I have a goal that's not weight related anymore, but it's like, oh, I want to learn how to, you know, do a press to handstand, which is something that's not as you know texting on an older older bones <laughs> or i want to you know it can be so many different things or i want to learn a new skill or i want to learn you know do something so you can you just have to um accept reality again that's like your reasons and excuses most of them probably are valid but it's like what are you going to so are you going to throw in the towel because of it or are you just going to figure out how to work around it and work with it
0: yeah yeah i love that those those things can just coexist it is a fact that you're yes. getting older and also that doesn't need to be a reason that you can't do, you know, whatever. You can't continue to. Yeah, prioritize and I think like or-
1: even even like weight loss can be a tricky one. Um it can be like, well, I just don't I don't have um genes to look like Miranda and it's like that's probably true for most people and I'm the first person to admit that. Um I did I, I will be the first to say also that I didn't grow up looking like this. Nobody else in my family looks like this. So who knows um how much of it's genetic versus it just consistency, but okay, let's say that that's, that's right. And especially if you're starting at 35, 40 years old, you're probably right. So what's, so what are you going to do? Are you just not going to do anything at all? Is it, well, if it's either that aesthetic or I'm just not going to do it. Like there are so many other benefits to um, proper nutrition and fitness than how it ultimately makes you look um, from health to just how you feel, to your confidence, to your sleep, to like everything. And so we always try to remind people, like, you might have genetics that mean that you are always going to carry a little bit extra fat and that could be your reality. But like, let's focus on all the other benefits that there are to this lifestyle.
0: There's something I read years ago about how we get to choose the, the things that we focus on. And, to most of us dwell on the negative and that we can just work on giving equal airtime to the positive that Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. That might be your, your reality. And also there's still a lot of good that is happening at the same time. It's just up to you to kind of put the spotlight on what helps you feel better and be more productive and actually take action on what you can control. Mm -hmm. I think, and I know we'll, we'll wrap up in a couple of minutes. I think for me, Some of the biggest lessons that I've learned through fitness or some of the biggest benefits that I receive from fitness are not at all related to how I look or even how healthy I am. They're more the mental benefits of developing this identity of someone who's consistent, someone who can look at a workout and say, that looks terrible. None of those things are in my wheelhouse. I'm not going to enjoy this at all and still do it and push through, go heavier, go faster, just generally put myself in that place of physical discomfort. And I think the benefits to the rest of my life as a result of doing that are better than any of the, the aesthetic that I can always call on that when I'm struggling with something else or when something feels hard. Like, okay, well, you do hard stuff all the time and you have proven to yourself time and time again that you can want to quit and not do it. And I think for a lot of people, like we were talking about at the very beginning, just putting yourself in that position of physical discomfort with working harder than you're used to is sure it's going to get you, likely going to get you better results, but it's also going to help you just see yourself in a new light and feel more confident and better equipped to tackle the other things in your life that are kind of dragging you down, whether it's relationships or work situations or boundaries or whatever. What you prove who you prove to yourself, you are in your workouts spills over into all of the other areas of your life.
1: You know, it's so funny. One of my, uh, my husband always, before we hire somebody, he always wants them to come work out with us first. Cause he like assesses like, is this person going to like give up? Are they going to choose like a super easy version of the workout and not really go super hard? And of course, like that's not how we base hiring them, but it, it does tell you a lot about um, a person to, to watch how they process and go through. Um, I think I agree with everything you're saying. I think fitness, um, and physical discomfort can really teach coping skills for so many, um, other things in life because, and it's so funny, I've made this comment to members plenty of times where they'll, you know, they'll make a post or whatever. And they're like, I just don't care about looking good enough to be that uncomfortable in it, or, you know, something along those lines. And it's like, I don't th- I don't know if you think that when I'm working out or coach Molly um, has posted about this too, like, do you think that we're like mid burpee being like, I'm going to look so good. Like, (laughs) like that ship sailed like in my early twenties because like you, like I started doing it because um, there was a girl that was older than me in high school who had a six pack. And I thought that was amazing. And, and so I wanted to look like that. Right. And so that carried me for a little while, but um, Especially the last like 15 years or so, I would say it's always like you can do this. Like you can over you teach yourself how to calm yourself down. Lately, it's been like you're not going to give up just because you're getting older. Like those are the thoughts that I'm having in my head, not at all like, oh yeah, like bathing suit season is coming. That is 0% of even when I'm pregnant and postpartum and I'm and I don't look the way that I normally look. I'm not thinking that at all when I'm working out.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I want to. Maybe or maybe that's a, a, a post or something, but yeah, thinking about, you know, the thoughts that are going through my head during workouts, they're, they're very similar. It's, you're not somebody who quits. You're stronger than you think you can go a little bit longer. And if, even if that's the only time that you're practicing that kind of self-talk, if you do enough hard workouts, it's going to start to write over the negative self-talk that you have elsewhere. And mm-hmm. it's gonna kind of spill over into, well, you know what? I didn't quit at that workout or I thought that, you know, I was gonna be slower or whatever. It it just starts to shift how you think about yourself, period. And then that just like unlocks all of the all of the potential. Mm-hmm. Randall, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. This is I feel like I've just gotten to um, to chat with somebody that I really admire admire and look up to and that you guys listening just got the bonus of being here. Um, <laughs> Miranda, I know our listeners are going to love you and want to learn more about you. Um, I'll put any links in the show notes, but where can people find you on social media and learn more about you and what you're doing and all things?
1: Yeah, so there's the main street parking page. That's just at street parking or you can go to streetparking.com. And then my personal Instagram is at Fearless Miranda.
0: Make sure you check out Miranda's Instagram. There's a, the very first pinned post. Very mm-hmm. great um, graphic, by the way. It uh, yeah. it totally, totally got me. But it's a post about um, if you're, I'll just I'll just ruin the surprise. Uh, if you're looking for success before commitment, you'll never find either one. And it's got a really great caption that goes along with it. Um, and I think that's I can see why you pinned that post because I think it uh, it really summarizes a lot of of what you're about and and what you try to help people realize. Thank you guys so much for listening. Miranda, thank you for being here. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Diet Free podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you being here. One way you can help this podcast succeed is to subscribe, rate, and review it. If you don't mind doing those things i would love to thank you with a copy of our weekend survival guide designed to help you have weekends you enjoy that don't set you back from reaching your goals just send a screenshot of your review to admin at esteravant.com and we'll send it over and don't forget to check out esteravant.com coaching for all the info about our gone for good coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence commitment and consistency necessary to make reaching your health and weight loss goals inevitable Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise and nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every, every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after.